Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Thursday broadcast of Hope for Your Heart. So glad that you're joining us today. This is part B of what we started yesterday, and I've entitled this message, Praying the Ten Commandments. Praying the Ten Commandments. You know, in Psalm 34, 19, it says that the righteous person might have some troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. And so today I want to encourage you to pray through the Ten Commandments. And by the way, the Ten Commandments still should be followed today. And as we look at the blessing of the Ten Commandments, many churches have the Ten Commandments listed in many courtrooms, uh, even to this day and age. And now some of them are being removed from courtrooms, but some courtrooms and some courthouses still have the Ten Commandments. And the reason the Ten Commandments are so important, uh, especially here uh, in the United States, is our whole jurisprudence was based upon the Ten Commandments. I mean, why do we have laws prohibiting murder? Because one of the commandments is thou shalt not kill. And so we want to pray through the Ten Commandments. And by way of review, I'm going to repeat quickly the first five commandments that we've covered yesterday and the prayer that went along with it. And then we'll pick up commandments six through ten and the rest of the broadcast today. So commandment number one, you will have no other gods before me. So our prayer goes like this. Dear God, help us to put you first, to remove all distractions that stop us from focusing all of our attention upon you. Help us to recognize your power and your majesty in the world around us. Commandment number two, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth below or in the waters below. So here's our prayer. Dear God, you are the only one who deserves our praise. Remove the things that we idolize and help us to ensure that we are not worshiping anything but you. Allow us to keep you at the forefront of our minds today and every single day. Commandment number three, you shall not misuse or take in vain the name of the Lord your God. So we pray, Lord, we know that your words and the words that we say are powerful. Our words have a huge impact on the lives of others. So, Lord, help us to control the words that we say and help us to think before we speak. Help us to not misuse your name or not to value it above any other name. Show us how we can glorify your name, respect it, and share it with other people. In Jesus' name, amen. And then the fourth commandment is to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. We talked about the fact that the word holy means to set apart for a special purpose. So, Lord, thank you for the fact that you give us rest. And you ask us to set one day apart for rest. So help us to take time out of our busy weeks to spend time with you. We know that we need rest, so help us to keep a regular time of Sabbath rest. And help us to use it well. Help us not to waste this day that you have given us but help us to worship you on Sunday, the Lord's Day, and help us to get the rest that we need as we spend time with our families. In Jesus' name, amen. And then the fifth command. We spent a lot of time talking about this yesterday. Honor your father and your mother. Oh, I love this. I guess the reason I love this is because now that I'm getting older, I see the benefit that I may have missed as a younger person in honoring father and mother. So, dear God, thank you for the special people who care for us. Thank you for our family and for those who have helped us to grow and helped us to learn. Help us to care and respect each of these people. 
guide the world to take better care of the elderly, stopping them from being isolated and alone. Help us to remember that they have much to share with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, number six, you shall not murder. Well, there's a prayer that goes right along with this that I think will help us to remind us not only to not kill, but to also bring life to others. Dear God, be with those people who we see that have brought pain into our lives. We pray that those who are suffering now because they have committed murder, that they will see you in the midst of their incarceration, that they will see you in the midst of their guilt. Lord, we pray that you provide comfort and grace to those who have harmed others. We repent of the fact that sometimes in our lives, we have wished somebody to be dead. We're reminded of what Jesus said in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, if you're angry at your brother and you say to him, Raka, I wish that you were dead. You've committed murder in your heart. So, Lord, we pray that not only will we not commit the physical act of murder, but we will not commit the act within our hearts, that we'll not wish that somebody was dead in our lives, that instead of wishing that they were dead, that we will pray a prayer blessing upon them, and that you will change our hearts toward them. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. A little girl was asked what she thought the definition of adultery was. She said in response to her teacher, Adultery is when children act like adults. Now we know that she misunderstood the definition of adultery, but when we think about the phrase and the command, Thou shalt not commit adultery. You know, real men don't commit adultery. I'm going to tell you that story in just a moment, but let me give you the prayer first that goes along with this seventh command. Dear God, Thank you so much for marriage. Thank you that you bring people together in love and for the commitment that they make to each other and to you. Watch over and protect marriages. Help couples to remain focused upon you and upon each other. Protect them from the temptations that try to pull them apart. Help them to see the beauty in their relationship and give them the wisdom and the courage to work and to maintain it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if your marriage is struggling, and you're looking for some help, I've got some really good news for you. If you will give me a call at 757-421-7500, I will give you the details of a marriage conference that we're doing in the month of March. You can also find this information on our website, hrcc7.org. The marriage conference is going to be at Hickory Ridge Community Church the weekend of March 25 and 26 in the year of 2022. So please give me a call 757-421-7500, and I will give you the details for that. Well, I told you a minute ago that real men don't commit adultery. You know, many years ago, former Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Roger Staubach, was being interviewed by Phyllis George. It was kind of a dull interview until Phyllis asked, Roger, how do you feel when you compare yourself with Joe Namath? who is so sexually active and has different women on his arm every time we see him. Rogers answered, I'm sure I'm just as sexually active as Joe. The difference is that all of mine is with one woman. (laughs) We would say touchdown. Roger hit the end zone with that comeback. 
You see, real men don't commit adultery. A real man sticks with one woman, period. You know, I did some research on Roger Starbuck, and he's well into his 70s now. He's married to his wife, and when they were married back in the 60s, Roger was playing for the Naval Academy, and then he was inducted into the Football Hall of Fame. He's a well-known, successful real estate agent, but that's only half of the story of who he is. What's less known about Roger Staubach is his better half, his wife. They have been married for 56-plus years. Marianne Starbuck has stood by the side of Roger Starbuck all these years. And who is she? Married to Roger Starbuck in 1965, after he graduated from the Naval Academy. Uh, They've been a couple since they were high school sweethearts, and they, they both grew up in Cincinnati. The couple wed right before Roger was shipped off to South Vietnam for the war. He returned safely two years later. The Starbucks have been busy making headlines. They've got plenty of money, and they've got plenty of babies since then. Marianne Starbuck is the mother of five children. Jeffrey, Roger, Michelle, Elizabeth, Jennifer, Ann, Stephanie Marie, and Amy Lynn. Roger Starbuck himself is an only child. And when he and his wife got married, they didn't want to have just one child. And so God blessed them with five children. And all these years later, they are still faithful to one another, still loving each other. I want you to know, even in this crazy day and age that we're living, you can honor your marriage. You don't have to commit adultery. Listen, God can give you a marriage that is built in heaven. Number eight, you shall not steal. So here's our prayer to go along with that. Dear God, thank you for all the things that you have given to us. Be with those who feel that they need to steal in order to survive. Provide them with the help and the resources that they need. Bless them with people to support them and fair employment. Release those who have been stealing. Release from them that desire to steal. Allow them to get things right. Bring justice to that situation. Lord, we pray for the victims of those who have lost things through theft. We pray that you provide for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Here you think about stealing. There's so much that could be said on this subject. There's so many different ways that we steal, and sometimes we steal ideas, and sometimes we steal things. Uh, Sometimes we steal influence. Uh, Sometimes we steal glory. There's so many ways that we can steal. But you know, the Bible is very clear. Thou shalt not steal. You know, you can steal from your boss, your employer, by not putting in an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. Uh, You can steal in many different ways. It's disappointing that stealing now has almost been part of our culture. Did you know that Vladimir Putin stole a Super Bowl ring? Unbelievable. That's right. In 2012, Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots football team, now regardless of what you think about him and all that has happened in his personal life, he reveals to the world that the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, stole one of his rings. It was a $25,000 Super Bowl ring. Now, as you think about that, now, it's hard to feel bad for Kraft. I mean, he has he has other rings. I mean, they've won the Super Bowl how many times? Six times, I think, the Patriots have won uh, the Super Bowl. But back in 2005, when Kraft was visiting in the Kremlin, he made the mistake of showing the Russian leader one of his Super Bowl rings. 
Kraft took it out and handed it to the leader, who put it on his fingers and says, I could kill somebody with this ring because it is so massive. Then, according to Kraft, Putin put the ring in his pocket and his KGB guys surrounded him and they walked out with Kraft's ring. Unbelievable. Even has Bob Kraft's name engrafted on it. Kraft talked about this to the State Department and they encouraged him in the interest of the United States relations with Russia to lie about it and just go ahead and say that you gave it to Putin as a gift. But finally, Kraft broke his silence in 2012. The point is this. Kraft did give Putin his ring temporarily to borrow for a few moments. He intended for Putin to use it for a few moments and put it on his finger, admire it. But he did not intend for Putin, once he had taken possession of it, to act as if the ring belonged to him. Listen, I want you to know, God has called us not to steal. In the New Testament, it says, He that has stolen, let him steal no more, but let him go out and work. Listen, God has provided the opportunity for us to have good-paying jobs. Listen, we're living in a day and age right now that if you are having a hard time finding a job, I think it's your own fault. There are so many people looking for help. I don't know uh, how many restaurants I go to as I go through. Uh, I see on there what a help wanted, help wanted, hiring now, hiring now. Uh, we're even hiring at Hickory Ridge Community Church. If you uh, have a love for the Lord and a love for young people, I want you to give me a call if you need a job. And we have plenty of openings for you to work with children. Uh, if you feel called to do that, and just give me a call at 757-421-7500, and I'll put you in contact with our Early Learning Center, uh, the lady who coordinates that for us. And uh, we have a job for you uh, if you're willing to come and, and put in an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. Well, let's pray that we will not steal. Number nine, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. I'll say, let's pray through this one, okay? Lord, Help me not to give false testimony. Dear God, thank you that you are the truth. Help us to remain honest, even when it takes courage. Help us to admit our mistakes and to confess our sins before you. Guide us towards what is right and help us not to lie, whether for deception, personal gain, or or even self-preservation. Lord, help us to live lives of integrity. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray that you're joining in and praying that God will allow you to think honestly, to live honestly, not to give false testimony against your neighbor. You know, for many years, I struggled with this command. I almost hate to admit that, but you know, I used to love to tell stories. And there's an old phrase that goes like this, there's a sucker born every minute. Now, there's some truth to that. And I've discovered that uh, some people will believe just about anything that you tell them. I remember one day, and I'm almost ashamed to admit this, uh, one day I, I pretended that I got run over by a car, and, and I, began, I dragged my leg, and, uh, I, and I yelled out to my sister, Kathy, I said, I've just been struck by a car. You need to rush me to the hospital right now. And I dragged my foot over there, and I, and I said, man, I'm severely injured. Get, let me get in the car. Take me to the hospital as fast as you can get there. I, I'm in agony. I'm in pain. And, and I jumped in the back seat, and she is petrified. And she's, uh, she, my sister, I love her, bless her heart. Uh, uh, she's kind of the high-strung, nervous type anyway. And uh, we come by it honestly, okay? My whole family's high-strung and a little bit on the anxious side. And, and she was stressing out, and she began putting that car in and driving, peeling rubber. She said, I'll get you to the hospital as fast as I can. And I'm in the back seat, and, and all of a sudden, I just start laughing. 
and uh, and I just couldn't help myself. And I, I said, I said, I, I didn't get run over the ca- by a car, but I'm I'm glad you believe that I did. You know, I kind of am ashamed that I did that to her. She got so mad at me. She reached over that seat, started pounding on me, and she says, "You didn't get hit by a car, but you can get hit by me." And started hitting me, and and uh, we had a good laugh at it after it was all done. You know, I I find that uh, that's not a very good way to live, giving false testimony, even in just, you know. So many times I look at the shortcomings of our lives, and, and uh, you know, I, I told somebody one time, I, I had this, this terrible gift. It's called the gift of sarcasm. And, uh, you know, a few years ago, the Lord began to work me uh, over on that whole thing. You know, I don't know why that my, my, my mind is wired to give sarcastic comments, and, it, and I don't have to think about them. They just come out of my mouth sometimes. And, and so the Lord began to, to work with me on that and says, you know, God has given you this tongue and, uh, and James says that tongue is a little member, and, and that tongue ought to be used to lift people up, to encourage people, not to cut people down. You know, it's so easy to cut people down. And, and I think about where our world is today. So many people are hurting because somebody has constantly cut them down. Somebody has constantly said false things about them, not encouraging words. You know, we tend to remember these words. They, they tend to live with us almost forever. I remember many years ago, I was asked to give a sermon, and I was just like a 17-year-old kid. I didn't know what I was doing, and, uh, and I got up in front of people, and, and it, was, it was New Year's Eve. And uh, on New Year's Eve, uh, my church always would gather people together, and, and, uh, and, the, and the preacher boys, they call us the preacher boys, right? Uh, the young teenagers who felt God calling them into ministry, the, the preacher boys would get their chance to preach on New Year's Eve, and, and we'd have a meal together, and, and uh, we weren't supposed to give a long sermon, just a, a short little message, and, uh, and because there was four or five of us on this particular New Year's Eve, and, and I remember as we were having the meal together, my brother, uh, I have a brother who is 11 months younger than I am. He found my sermon notes, and he, and he grabbed them, and he hit them from me. And, and I get up to preach my message, and I didn't have my sermon notes. And I tell you what, I was petrified as it was. And I get up there, and my mouth went dry, and my mind went blank, and I didn't know what to say. And I, I mumbled out a few little things, and I threw my hands up in the air after about 30 seconds, and I says, that's all I got. And I sat down, uh, totally dejected, totally embarrassed. And, and I remember as I was walking out later on that night, I've heard somebody said, well, I can tell you one thing about that Calvin guy. God ain't called him to preach. He ain't going to make it as a preacher. And, uh, and I remember hearing those words, and I was devastated. I said, man, I I know that was a bad sermon, but I'm only 17 years old. I haven't learned how to do anything yet. And, uh, but you know what? Those words stuck with me. And even to this day, I remember those words. Those words were not encouraging words. You know, don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Nobody knows what the future of another person is. I think our job is to encourage one another, especially as we see the day approaching as Christ is getting ready to come back. You know, I can't wait for the Lord to come back. I'm looking forward to his return, and I say, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm looking forward to the coming of Christ again, and I hope that you are ready for his return. And if you're not, now is a great time to get ready. You know, when you think about being ready to meet the Lord, it begins by having a relationship with him, knowing him as your Lord and as your Savior. The Bible says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Now, my friends, that is the gospel truth, right? 
No false testimony in that. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Why don't you call upon his name right now? Well, we've got one more commandment we've got to cover. The last one is, you shall not covet. What is coveting? Coveting is this desire to have something that belongs to somebody else. How do we pray through this prayer so we shall not be caught up with covetousness? Dear God, thank you for the many blessings that we receive each day from your hands. Help us to be grateful and content with these wonderful gifts that you have given us. Keep our eyes fixed upon you, not upon the possessions of other people. Help us to compare ourselves not to other people, but help us to compare ourselves to you. Help us to work hard so that we can be blessed with the fruit of our labor. Lord, thank you for blessing us with the resources that we have. Those who are listening to this broadcast probably are driving in a fairly nice car, probably have a pretty nice phone, probably have a pretty nice laptop, probably live in a pretty nice house. We have been so very blessed. You know, one of the things I've discovered as I got older, as I, as I age, and I'm not old by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you know, you think about age, it's all, I guess, relative. I guess you're about as old as you feel. I, I feel like I'm 25, but I, I realize I'm way past 25. But as I get older, I realize that, that the most important thing in life is not things. Oh, I'm so thankful for the vehicle that I drive. I'm so thankful for the house that I live in. I'm so thankful for the possessions that God has blessed me with. But really, those things don't bring the meaning that I really want to have in life. True meaning comes from relationships, from good, healthy, solid relationships. You know, I was thinking about that the other night. I'm sitting in my small group, and we're all gathered around. There's about 25 of us, and we made a big circle so that we could all see each other and, and uh, trying to somewhat social distance from each other. And, and I got thinking, I said, you know what? This is where it's at. These people in the circle, they know me. They know my shortcomings. Uh, they know my faults. Uh, they know the good, the bad, and the ugly about me. But yet this group has gathered together, and this group is supportive this group is encouraging. Uh, we have one particular person in our group. I would call them the EGR person. Uh, you know what the EGR person is? It stands for extra grace required. Whenever you get a group of people together, there's always at least one EGR person. I know maybe you're in a group who says, you know what? I'm in a group and none of us are EGR. Well, I want you to know your group has an EGR person. And it's you. <laughs> if you think there's nobody in your group that's EGR, it, it's you. You're the EGR person. Well, we're gathered around this circle. And I got thinking about relationships. You know, there's a person in my small group that I love dearly. And this person recently called me and just shared her heart with me. Uh, you see, uh, we had a common experience together. And, and that common experience could have either broken that relationship but we decided instead of breaking our relationship, we would use it to build each other up and to solidify our relationship. You know, whenever something bad happens to you, don't covet the things that are around you. Look at the blessing that God is going to bring into your life. You know, we are blessed with a special needs son. And, and last night he had a major episode. And, uh, and, and occasionally this happens where 
he, he just loses it. It's, it's almost like uh, if you've ever been around somebody that has a seizure uh, and they have no control over their body movements and well, well, my son, when he has these episodes, he has no really uh, awareness of, of the, the violence that he's committing and, and hitting himself and attacking us. And so thankfully, my, my son was home uh, when this episode uh, occurred. We, we had just gotten home and, and it was about eight o'clock and it was time to get him his medicine and, and t- trying to get him settled down for the night. And he has he has this episode, so we take him outside, and and uh, you know it's freezing outside, and and uh, we're thinking, well, maybe the cool air will help him settle down, and it doesn't. It, it intensifies uh, his behavior, and finally we get him settled down. And I got thinking about that. God bringing this challenge into our lives. Did you know that 85% of marriages that have a special needs child in that marriage, 85% of them end in divorce. We're one. Or maybe both says, you know, this is not what I signed up for. Uh, This is more than I can handle. I'm out of here. I want you to know that when trouble comes your way, you can use that trouble to cause relationships to break, or you can use that trouble to cause that relationship to bond. You see, the choice is yours. You, You can't get around troubles. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of troubles as the sparks fly upward. But today, instead of worrying about what everybody else has, Why don't you take just a moment and give thanks for the many blessings that God has given to you. And don't forget to give thanks for the relationships that God has brought into your life. So Lord, thank you for being with us today as we've had this opportunity to pray through the Ten Commandments. I pray that we'll follow through in our prayer life and that we'll be consistent in following these commands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you want to listen to the broadcast, it's on buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3220 South Battlefield Boulevard, Chesapeake, Virginia. We meet at 9 o'clock or 1030. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, you go to our website at www.hrcc7.org. No matter what you're going through, remember, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.